What's up, everyone, and welcome to the show. Before we get this episode started, I want to talk to you guys about Ready Nutrition. Ready Nutrition is for athletes who love to outwork the odds. They are a sports nutrition brand that not only has great products, but more importantly, has a great message, and that is why I am super grateful to be working with them as a brand ambassador. Anyone that knows me knows that I am very particular about what I put into my body. I want minimal ingredients, no sugar, all natural and high protein foods that help fuel my workouts and my day, and Ready Nutrition is exactly that. They have a full lineup of supplements like protein powder, protein bars, protein puffs, and protein water. The Ready Protein Water is one of the most unique items I've ever seen. There is no sugar, 1 gram of carbs, 0 grams of fat, and 15 grams of protein per bottle. They are the perfect pre or post workout drink or if you just need a snack with extra protein. Oh, and they taste amazing. I want to work with brands who share the same values as me, and Ready Nutrition does exactly that. Hard work conquers all, and it's not about where you start, it's about where you finish. I have a special offer for all my listeners. If you go to readyismade.com and use my referral code, ANTHONYP20, you can save 20% off your first order. Then, once you love the product as much as I do, you can go back to readyismade.com and order more while using my code in the referral box when you get to checkout. This will help support me and also help Ready Nutrition know who sent you. I wouldn't recommend a product if I didn't fully believe in it, so head to readyismade.com and try it out today. That's readyismade.com, R-E-A-D-Y-I-S-M-A-D-E. Dot com and use my referral code Anthony P twenty A N T H O N Y P twenty to save twenty percent off your first order and then when you go back enter my code again in the referral box and that shows that you support me and it also shows that you support Ready Nutrition. I appreciate it. Um, I think you guys are gonna love the products just as much as I do. I definitely would give it a try, especially the protein water. It's one of the one of the best products I've ever used, and, and I've used a lot over the course of my life. I appreciate you guys. Let's dive into the episode. All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Coach Brandon Chambers joining me today, and uh, Coach, I'm really, really excited to get you on and to you know talk to you. I know we were just kind of talking before I started recording about you know this craziness going on with the virus and whatnot, and how you know you you kind of hit on the head. There's really not a lot to do, but you have a lot to do, you know, and, and I think that's kind of how a lot of people feel. But for those who don't know Coach Chambers, I'm going to let him kind of dive in uh, a little bit more detail of, you know, where he was at, where he's at now. But he's currently um, an assistant men's basketball coach at Texas Southern. Um, he's coached at a ton of different levels, which is why one of the main reasons why I definitely wanted to get him on, you know, get his advice, you know, for myself, but then for anyone else, you know, listening. Um, he, you know, he's been at a high school, he's been division three, he's been division one, and uh, obviously he's at where he's at now. And um, I want to talk to you too. I know you were a manager at VCU and then you were a student assistant. And I want to dive into all that, but kind of, if you wouldn't mind, um, just kind of get a little bit more detail of kind of your journey, you know, throughout coaching, if, if you would, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me on Anthony. Uh, well, for me, people say they get lucky and, um, you know, they kind of fall into the business and, you know, just the way that you kind of worded it, 
you know, you make me sound a lot more important than I really am. Uh, and I say that with, with all due respect, but you know, I, I, I definitely got really lucky and I, I could not have forecasted, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if you would have told me I was going to be a division one assistant coach, that I would be where I'm at. Uh, essentially, you know, I, like most people, I think that are involved in athletics, you play the sport when you're young, you develop a passion and a, a drive to get better. And, you kind of just fall in love with the space. You know, I loved going to the court and, and working on my game and getting up early. And I loved the grind. I loved uh, the competitiveness, uh, everything that it brought. And so I kind of fell in love with it, played in high school. Uh, you know, wasn't talented enough to, to get a Division One scholarship, but um, just kind of, you know, just we, our family in general, just, you know, I have a brother that's at Texas A&M. He's on, on staff with Buzz and, you know, and another brother that worked in, college athletics. We just kind of hung around athletics. And, uh, so while I was at school at VCU, uh, after two years, I kind of just, I just had an epiphany. It was just one of those moments where you just realize there's going to be a life change and you got to do something with, you know, the direction of where you're going. Uh, I can actually, you know, tell you the exact night and day I was sitting there in the spring semester and in February studying for a, a macroeconomics test. And, uh, it was probably three o'clock in the morning and I had some friends on the team, Joey Rodriguez, Eric Maynard, Larry Sanders, uh, Ed Nixon, you know, and, and I just, I'd always talk to him about helping out. Uh, Eric Maynard actually kind of introduced me to the idea of being a student manager. And, uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to see where this goes. So I emailed actually kind of blindly, not even thinking about who I was emailing or, you know, kind of the the plan or thought behind it. I emailed Anthony Grant at the time. He this is prior to he, him leaving for Alabama, and just kind of sent a, you know, hey, this is my name. This is where I'm from. I played in high school. Uh, I know you guys are kind of finishing up your season. Uh, you know, I know the guys on the team. They've kind of recommended some different things and love to help out. Whatever I can do. And uh, sure enough, it. Seven o'clock in the morning, he sent me an email back and said, hey, we'd love to have you come by. Please come by the office next week. Uh, our season's coming to a close. Uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to get you on board. So I, I came in the next week. And uh, for all of about three or four weeks, I, <laughs> I worked for that staff. And then they left. And so I was kind of sitting there with nothing to do. And, you know, and there's, you know, I was a man without a country in, in, in you know, some sense. Uh, and then Coach Smart got hired, and uh, you know one of his first hires was Will Wade. So I had a chance to sit down with Coach Wade and, and kind of just told him about myself, and had to get rehired as a student manager. Uh, and then the next you know two years is history. You know our first year we win the CBI National Championship. Uh, Larry Sanders leaves for the NBA draft, gets drafted 15th overall, and then the final year, uh, my senior year, we go to a, a Final Four. Uh, you know we earn a. It was the first year that they had the first four uh, at-large bids. Uh, we played USC in the first four game. Then we went and played Georgetown, uh, played Purdue, Florida State, and then Kansas. And then we lost to Butler, who ended up losing to, uh, I believe it was UConn in the national championship uh, in Houston. Um, so, and then that kind of propelled me into, again, you know, I, 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 like I said earlier, I didn't really have a plan going into this thing. I wasn't really, you know, during the process, I had met with Coach Smart. I had met with the assistant coaches, uh, and we had an all-star staff there. Mike Rhodes, who's now currently the head coach at VCU, 
uh, Mike Jones, who's the head coach at Radford, Will Wade at LSU. Uh, my first year, we had a guy named uh, Mike Begeese, uh, who played at Delaware. I think he's the all-time leading scorer there. Uh, he is now an assistant at Louisville. Uh, Kyle Getter is on staff. He, he, he had bounced around a little bit. He went to Liberty as an assistant coach. He was at Radford, went to Liberty uh, after VCU, and then uh, is now at UVA. And uh, obviously, they just won a national championship uh, last season the season before this, um, all-star staff, uh, you know, had a, you know, had a lot of, uh, they had a lot of experience and, and, you know, when I sat down with them, they kind of said, Hey, here's a deal. It's a tough road. If you want to do this, this is what you got to do. Uh, so, you know, I got lucky and it just going to the final four kind of propelled me. And, you know, I was pretty naive. I didn't know what college basketball was. I was like every avid fan. I watched March Madness and didn't really know that, you know, the the stuff that went into it and you know i love the game but you know you learn it's you just learn you know you you cut your teeth and you learn just by being thrown in the fire um you know every day i i, I just pick something up and added it to my skill set or you know visually saw coach smart or the, the assistant coaches and you know pick that up and you know then they said hey you got to work every camp you know that's a big thing you got to work camp so uh, if you name a school on the east coast i probably worked it uh you know five star hoop group uh, Hoop Mountain, Zero Gravity, all that stuff. I worked, I, I did, you know, top 100 sessions, skill development type stuff, uh, you know, just trying to do everything I can to, you know, put myself in a position to get a job, um, you know, and then they, you know, people had told me, well, you know, you have to coach AAU. So I started coaching AAU. I started with a, a team called East Coast Fusion with a guy named Cade Lemke. Uh, he's now the head coach at Blue Ridge High School. Uh, it's a small private school. Uh, in the Blue Ridge Mountains, it's actually, I want to say about 25, 30 minutes away from Charlottesville. Uh, and so he had a AAU team kind of coincidentally got, got lucky and ran into him, uh, at the final four and, you know, just said, Hey, I'd love to help out. And, uh, turned out he had some players and, you know, his program was, uh, he had been running it for about 10 years. Um, and, uh, they ended up joining with team loaded. So I got that experience, uh, you know, and, and, and at the same time, Mike Rhodes made a phone call for me to uh, school Misericordia University, which is a Division three school in Pennsylvania. Uh, so I was able to go up there, get my master's degree. Uh, it was a great experience. Got to work for, I think, one of the best coaches I've ever been around, uh, Trevor Woodruff. He's now the, the head coach at Bucknell University on the women's side. Uh, did two years there. Again, while I was working camps in the summer, working AAU, doing whatever I can. Uh, jumped on with team uh, takeover in Washington DC uh, after that first year uh, moved back to Washington DC took a division three job at Marymount University also worked full-time in the uh, admissions office I did that for two years and then just kind of came to another one of those life moments and crossroads where you just have to make a decision so after four years of division three four years of every summer every weekend going out, recruiting, doing whatever I can to get my name out there and, and, and just show people I'm ready to work and willing to learn. Uh, I just had to make a decision. So, you know, I was just kind of sitting there one day and I'm like, man, I'm working 40 hours a week in this office. I'm, you know, seven to three, I got to get up at five to beat traffic. I'm going three to five at practice. I'm going out to recruit, you know, in division three, there's no recruiting restrictions. You can go out every night. So I was, at every single spring, fall, summer league, uh, every weekend there was an event. 
uh, I was at, uh, shoot, I was probably working it or I had an AAU team. Uh, just because I was out all the time, I started doing some evaluation stuff just on my own, you know, just side, you know, no, no money involved. Just kind of, Hey, if I see a kid, uh, you know, send it to, you know, a, a school, school, a, Hey, have you seen this kid at this school? Uh, really like him. I think he'd be a good fit for your level. Uh, so I was doing that as well. And then, you know, uh, getting back at God knows when 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. And then had to do it the next day. And I was doing that essentially six, seven days a week. So kind of just came to a point where, you know, I just, the, the energy given wasn't really producing the results, uh, particularly because they had a, NCAA had a rule, it's called the IAWP rule. So basically any kid that I was associated with, it's the individual associated with the prospect rule. Any kid that I was associated with for two years, uh, a school could not hire me on the front end or the back end. So if you know, if I was with Takeover and they hired me, I, they I, they could not take any of those kids for two years. Or if I was at the school, there was a two-year window, uh, buffer window as well. Uh, so it, you know, it, it kind of limited and, and restricted me there. Uh, so after again four years of doing all that, I decided to to I had met a guy named Glenn Farello, uh, one of the best human beings and best coaches you could ever be around. And he's at the high school level. He's at Paul Six High School. Uh, he kind of just threw it out there. Hey, what do you what do you think about joining my staff? We play a national schedule. Uh, we have a, a guy that may be a McDonald's All American. He's a top twenty five kid. We've got eleven Division one players on our team. You know, and, and uh, you know, more importantly, it was just you're going to have the the freedom and, and option to meet hundreds of coaches that come through our gym. Uh, and, and Coach Ferrello is big time in that sense, where he's constantly trying to promote you. Uh, trying to market and brand you because he understands that this is a business and, and it's a profession at the same time. And so for uh, Ferrello, it was, you know, hey, I want to help you, but I know how much value you can help just by your hard work and, and all the things that you can provide to us. So, you know, I took the chance and continued working full time at Marymount in the admissions office, uh, went to Paul the Six and uh, kind of all worked out after after a year there. I got lucky uh, again, another point in my life where just sheer luck uh i got on with eric musselman at nevada uh you know i during this whole process as i was coaching aau working camps uh evaluating again coaching division three and and uh then transitioning to the high school level i started a, a website and uh kind of on a whim just called coaching clipboard uh had a twitter handle sent out weekly emails with uh, just quotes, plays, diagrams, anything that I thought a coaching staff would like. And, uh, yeah, it turns out coach Musselman reads everything that you send him. He was a, a an avid, uh, you know, I guess you could say subscriber, uh, even though it really wasn't a subscription type deal. He would respond back, Hey, this is great stuff. Keep it coming. Or, Hey, I love this. Or, uh, do you have any more leadership stuff? Or, Hey, do you have any more of these kind of plays? We love it. And uh, I kind of just turned into a to a relationship, and about halfway through the year, I just said, "Hey, coach, if you ever have a uh, position on your staff, whether it's paid or non-paid, I'd love to take you up on it." And immediately, he calls me, and we have a great conversation. And next thing I know, next April, I'm I'm in a car, packing up my stuff, moving across the country, taking a volunteer job for him. Um, so now, fast forward three years, and uh, you know the opportunity to work for him and, and the staff that that he had put together. Uh, you know, our first year 
had a lot of success. Uh, well, actually, coach's second year, but my first year. Uh, his his first year, he actually coincidentally won the CBI national championship, uh, beating Moorhead State. Uh, and I, I'm not sure how people, if people know how that works. You when you get to the championship, you play best two out of three uh, games, and uh, so they had won that the year prior. Then coming into that year, uh, we had a kid named Cam Oliver who was getting some looks in, in uh, NBA circles. And uh, we had some other players, Marcus Marshall, uh, DJ Fenner, uh, you know, Elijah Foster. We had, we had a few kids that older, some sit-out guys. Uh, Jordan Caroline was sitting out. Um, and so we knew the team coming back or they knew the team coming back was going to be very good. I was kind of going in blindly. Uh, so we ended up winning 28 games, I believe. I think we went 28 and 7. Uh, it was our first year winning the Mountain West and then uh, playing uh, Iowa State in the first round. Uh, second year, we went to uh, Sweet 16. Again, uh, had four sitouts, Cody, Caleb, uh, Martin, uh, Kendall Stevens, uh, and uh, Hallis Cook. And then my third year was uh, last year, which uh, we ended up going top 25 all year. Uh, obviously, must left for Arkansas, and I had the opportunity to join him. Um, but you know, just for me and, and my development and I still have a great relationship with him and all those guys on staff and, and we all kind of went our separate ways. Uh, it just, I, you know, I know for me, I wanted to be an assistant coach. My first year with Muss, I was a volunteer video coordinator for about two months. And then he, uh, you know, the one thing with Muss is he always fights for you. So about two months in, he started paying me and, and whatever he could, uh, that would keep me under a threshold of, of, a, a certain amount. And uh, second year, he hired me as ops. Third year, I, you know, I'd, I'd been elevated three or four times to an assistant coach. Um, so, you know, with his move to Arkansas, I kind of knew that if I went with him, uh, that, you know, there there was probably a, a, another four or five year period where I'd have to, you know, cut my teeth and grind to get an assistant coaching spot. And just with my path and where I was at, I just, you know, for me, it just made more sense. I had some other opportunities to, to interview as a, a Division One assistant. You know, I couldn't turn down an opportunity to work for a guy like Johnny Jones. Uh, so, Coach Jones, and I know this is a long-winded answer on my career. Oh, no, path, oh, no, so I, no, no, you're good. I, I love apologize. it. I love it. Keep going. It's Keep just, going. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's been a grind. It's been an 11-year grind. Um, so, Coach Jones was at LSU, uh, and uh, after his time at LSU, came on with us my second year at Nevada. Uh, after my second year, he got the job at Texas Southern. So we remained in contact. He was always a mentor of mine, guy that I could bounce ideas off of or, or talk to or uh, just kind of, uh, you know, just he's been in the business longer than I've been alive. And uh, I, I mean that with no disrespect to Coach Jones because, you know, I, I, with it's with all due respect because of just the amount of knowledge and, and uh, wisdom that he has and the things that he's seen in his life. And, you know, he knows the business inside and out and uh, the coaching profession inside and out. And, you know, so he's always been a guy I can lean on. Um, and when he had an opportunity here, I just couldn't turn it down, uh, knowing that I could be here with him, learn from him and, and see how to really on the, on the ground level, uh, build a program. Uh, so now after, uh, <laughs> after rambling for 10 minutes, now I'm, uh, finishing my first year at Texas Southern. We had a great year. It was, uh, it was unfortunate. I know the coronavirus has, as, uh, you know, I, I told someone yesterday it's, it, we, we all lost it. There wasn't any you know single team that lost or it was all of us. And, and I know some schools and uh, conferences that already finished their conference tournaments, but it just was heartbreaking to be in a room with your seniors and 
you know, tell them that, hey, guys, we're just, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to play our conference tournament. Uh, you know, it's things of out, out of our control. It's a great life lesson. You know, never take a day for granted, never take this game for granted. Um, but just to see the look on our seniors' faces, you know, it just, it was heartbreaking. So uh, it was a great year regardless, but, you know, it, it didn't end the way we wanted to. We really thought that we had a chance to win our conference tournament. And uh, now we're here, man. Yeah. Now we're in the uh, quarantine social distancing yeah. uh, segment. So that's my life. Yep, yep. And and a bunch of really good stuff there. And, I, and, I, and I'm happy that that you really explained everything in detail of like the grind to get where you're at. Cause I think a lot of people don't really, you know, understand that I've been fortunate enough to talk to a lot of people, you know, such as yourself and, and they've been willing to tell me and share, you know, their story. Cause I think people just think that you could just go from this job to that job to that job. Okay. Now you're there. You know, like you really did a good job of detailing like, everything you went through in terms of you know how you were working at the in the admissions office and you were still going to a you were coaching AU going to like that's all so much because I think people look at the end product and they don't look at kind of how you got there but something that I liked that you hit on right from the beginning is how it all kind of started with an email I I think that's really powerful because I to this day I mean with the podcast and then even if you know I have a question I always email people or reach out to them, you know, DM them on, you know, Twitter or whatever, because, I mean, I'm not afraid to ask. I think some people are afraid to ask. I, I'm not, you know, because, right. I mean, the worst thing you could do is either tell me no or just not answer. You know, I mean, I'm not afraid. I've reached out to people. You know, I've been very, you know, lucky that the coaches and the, and the players and, you know, basketball personnel I guess we could say anyone I've ever asked you know for advice or for help or to come on the podcast they've all been you know really willing and and which is awesome but I think some people are afraid you know to kind of reach out and to email and just ask I mean if you have a question about something or if you need help or if you you know you want to ask about this or that just email or reach out DM them do something and and like I said the worst thing they could say is no so I thought that was very like powerful that, that you said that basically that entire journey that you just explained started with that one simple email yeah no I and I appreciate that I for me it's it's never been easy it's been an uphill battle um, you know some people they have the opportunity to play at a high level or they are connected to a certain coach or have a certain uh, you know family relation or whatever it might be whatever the connection might be and uh, you know I, I had set a goal for myself that after you know joining the VCU team that after 10 years I wanted to be a division one assistant and uh that was kind of my internal process and internal goal and uh you just can't you have to turn over every every stone in this business I learned very quickly that there's 353 division one schools and you know out of those schools there's probably 75 to 125 150 that are considered really good jobs and the rest are, you know, they, they might be good situations, but it, it might financially, it might not be there. They may not have the ability to have three full assistants, or if they do have three full assistants, they may not have any sports, you know, any support staff or graduate assistants. And so, because of that, jobs are limited. And I wasn't ashamed to go Division Three. I know some people, you know, they want to jump on as a graduate assistant at the Division One level or high major level, and I'm all for that. It's just. For me, it's, you know, every step of my process has been important and I, I just didn't have the opportunity or the luxury to turn over uh, or not turn over every stone because it just, I just didn't have that, that, that ability, you know, I, unfortunately I'm a, 
I, and I, I say this uh, with no disrespect to anybody, but I'm a 5'11 white guy that didn't play major college, you know, mm-hmm. high major basketball. And so if you go to the final four, you see hundreds of thousands of me. And um, that's not a, you know, uh, has nothing to do with, um, and, and no disrespect to all the other guys out there, but it's just, it's the truth. It's, you know, you go to the final four, everyone, you know, not everyone, but there's a good chunk of people that are looking for jobs. And um, unfortunately they, they all have my background and, and there's a lot of student managers that are just getting out of the game. And, you know, for me, I, my, I would like to say my reputation and my, uh, you know, the, the view and, and how people look at me is that I'm just a hardworking guy that uh, will do whatever it takes. And uh, so that's kind of had, it's just been my, what I've hung my hat on throughout my career. And uh, yeah, it started with an email. I, I continuously send emails, text messages, not necessarily looking for jobs, but kind of to touch on your point, you know, uh, more so is just to, to ask for help or ask for uh, ideas or, you know, uh, you have to be a continuous learner as well. And so, you know, for you, you know, we've touched base and, and I've told you just after connecting with you, you know, Hey, I'd love to touch base with you regarding player development that had nothing to do with you and, uh, your business or getting on your podcast. I don't even, even think you had a podcast at the time, but nope. for me, I just want to learn and grow and develop. And, uh, one of the things that that over uh, the summer last year I wanted to get better at was just player development, you know, and and, and not just necessarily player development because I think we all have our idea of player development, but also just gaining an understanding of other uh, people's uh, perspective and and the way they teach and what's important to them and how they go about it and how they how they really break down the fundamental aspects and what's most important, you know. So you know, for me, it was after we had linked up, it was, you know, I, I watched some of your videos. I saw some of the stuff that you do and I said, Hey, this is pretty intriguing. Let me, uh, let me see what this guy's about. And so coincidentally now, now we're here on a podcast. And the other thing to that too, is you just never know, you never know who can help you and you just never know what relationships will be organic enough that you'll stay in touch with. Um, you know, there's people that shoot 10 years ago, I was working camps or evaluating or, uh, you know, watching their guys. Well, four or five years ago, guys hit the transfer portal and, you know, we were able to land some of those guys in Nevada. Uh, not necessarily because of me, but it helped that I had relationships. You know, I can give you an example. So Trey Porter was a guy that played at George Mason, transferred to Old Dominion, had a really good, I think it was two year span at George Mason or at uh, Old Dominion. And then when he was a graduate transfer last year, uh, when I was at Nevada, my final year, well, uh, we were able to land them and, it, again, it, this our staff, Coach Musselman, does an unbelievable job recruiting and, and his marketing and messages. Uh, we had an assistant, Gus Arginal, who flew out to see him. But uh, Trey grew up down the road for me. I didn't, I didn't have a personal relationship with Trey. I didn't, you know, I, I had talked to him in the past, but his high school was about five minutes down the road from where I was from. Uh, but coincidentally, I had recruited his high school coach's son when I was a Division three coach. Uh, Keon Honoree. And so just through that connection, I was able to link the dots and, you know, coach uh, Arginal was able to fly out and, and meet with Trey and, and his family. And next thing we know, Trey's on an official visit and we land Trey and, you know, you just, you just never know. So th- those people that you reach out to, those phone calls you make, uh, the emails that you send, you just 10 years down the line, you just, you never know if that, if, if something, if, if those people will be able to help you at some point. 
Yeah, and and I'm happy you touched on that because that I think that would like I've I've talked I've been lucky enough to talk to a lot of people. I mean, on the podcast, off the podcast in general, and I think that's the number one thing that they all tell me is how important relationships are. I mean, obviously, I'm a young guy, you know, just trying to coming up, you know, doing what I'm doing now. I mean, and any advice and any recommendations I could get, you know, from coaches, from players, from anyone, I'm always willing to take. Like you mentioned, being that continuous learner. And uh, everyone I've talked to just is big on relationships and, you know, not burning bridges, you know, because you never know and just kind of take everything with a grain of salt and, and things like that. So I'm happy you touched on that. But something else I wanted to ask you, kind of backpedal a little bit, like so before you reach out to VCU about that, um, you know, however you could help out, you obviously didn't really know much about being a manager or anything yet. When you were playing – was was coaching the goal? Like, was being a coach always kind of in the back of your mind, or no, not really? Oh, man, not even close. Not even close. I mean, first off, I was a marginal player at best. I mean, I, I, I thought I was pretty good, but I think perspective is everything. Um, and I just – I always had a – for whatever reason, and, and, and I don't know what it's from or, or why, or I couldn't tell you, but I always kind of looked at the game different. Um coaching wise and I always wanted to know why so if we were going to run a play even in high school I wanted to know why you know it's so much of uh as you go down in levels the why becomes so simpler you know it's not necessarily because the defense is playing a certain way or because it's personnel based or uh, a lot of times you know the answer is just this is what we do um and I always kind of wanted to know why so as I transitioned out of playing in high school and then getting to college I'd always kind of watched VCU they had a ton of success at that time and watched those players and I actually developed personal relationships with them off the floor it was kind of cool to see um, who they were as as people and then just watching them on the court you know during games I I just again I'd see things differently and then you know the types of plays or sets they'd run I didn't know what it was I just kind of just observed and, and saw you know little nuances and it it wasn't really until after I had gotten involved and I saw the power and the respect that our staff uh, garnered from the players. That's when I really started to gravitate towards it. And uh, it just opened up my eyes. The, the coach smart, I think is one of the best leaders I've ever been around. He, uh, the way that he motivates and the way that he gets his guys to play I think is phenomenal. Uh, he's never belittling. He never, uh, you know, very rarely did I ever see him use foul language or, or, uh, you know, get on the guys in that kind of sense. It was always challenging the person and challenging their pride and, and really just trying to see what they're, they're made of and, and, you know, what type of DNA do they have? And, and he did a great job recruiting those kind of guys at VCU. Um, and then, you know, for me, at that same time, I was dealing with, you know, my, my dad got sick, he had ALS. And so I'm going through a tough time. The, the game had always been there for me. I was able to kind of get away from things. And uh, I don't know, I just, it, it just clicked with me one day. And I just, I saw the impact that Coach Smart and his staff had on the players. And it just was something that I wanted to do um, for whatever reason, because it changed my life. It saved my life. It, it, it gave me an outlet and an avenue. And shoot, that's, still why I do it today yeah and, and I'm I'm happy that you that you you know you literally said what I was going to say is like how you look at the game differently because I was actually I think it's crazy that 
you know, you were a player and you never really thought about coaching because I would have thought like a guy like you and, you know, following you and, and reading, you know, the stuff you put out and kind of getting to know you from a distance because it's funny about how social media is like these people that I follow for long periods of time, I feel like I know really well. You know, I'm like, like oh, yeah, I know him. You know, it's like we don't, though, but we do. You know, so like I, I would have thought that you would have been, you know, a coach from day one. Like you would have been playing and been like, yep, I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to be a coach because that's kind of how I was. You know, I, I, I always looked at the game differently, and I, I wasn't a bad player, same as you, but coaching was always my goal. You know, a lot of, you know, young kids, right. they want to play in the NBA, and, you know, they want to do – like, my goal was to always, you know, try to play in college and then become a coach. And then that's kind of how I approached everything, too, was looking at the game differently, like watching games, and if they if they ran a set or something, you know, and they got a layup. How did they get that layup? You know, where, where were the screens at? Or, you know, where where'd that pass come from? Or, you know, what the timing and, and all that stuff. So I I'm, I'm still am, you know, that way. I The way I watch games is – it's different, and people probably hate watching games with me because I'll I'll pause it. And how, how did they get that? And I'll and I'll kind of rewind it and go back because, like, to me, that's the most intriguing part of the game, and that's kind of why I think, or not even I think, why I know I got into player development was because I I like the individual skill development. You know, the X's and O's are great, and and I love learning about that. And I still, you know, the way I I, I watch film and the way I learn. I learned like a coach, you know, I learned sets and I learned different, you know, reads obviously off ball screens and things like that. But the skill development is where, you know, my heart, my passion really lies. And that's why I think it's very, very interesting that, that you're kind of the same way in terms of looking at it, like you said, differently. Because I think that's that's kind of what makes a coach, though. I mean, right? Right. No question. No question. Yeah. And in addition, I mean, when you say you look at things, we'll go even go back and, and kind of put that on ice, and and um, and touch on it in a second. But you know, again, you are who your what, what your experiences are, and so at you know, I had a very very uh, minuscule or, or uh, small view on college basketball, even basketball in general. You just play in AAU in high school, and and then going to VCU. Um, that as I continued to, to learn and develop, I started to see, okay, that's what that's called. And that's what that's called. And you pick up terminology and you start to, to really, now you, you, you started seeing the game different, but now you're really understanding it different. And, um, I had heard a, a, a saying the other day, uh, shoot, it might've even been on your, one of your podcasts, but, uh, you know, it's, it's like, if you can't, if your players can't uh, teach it, or if you can't uh, teach it to a six-year-old, Yep. You don't really understand it or they don't understand it. Yep. And, uh, and so, you know, now I'm starting to develop those, uh, understandings of concepts and, uh, play to, you know, play development and sets and actions and, uh, different types of players and, uh, and, and how all that fits together. And so after, you know, two years of VCU and a, a very, very limited, uh, understanding as a high school and AAU, uh, player, that you know and then I got into the division three world and and again too I got to really learn from some of the best Trevor Woodruff at Bucknell I, I advise anybody to ever to, he, he got onto the women's side at Scranton after uh, uh coaching at Misericordia but he is one of the best basketball minds I have ever been around and uh he I mean just really taught the game at a at a very elementary level but it was very very advanced um I know that it's kind of backwards and uh, kind of an oxymoron, but 
it just it, it was so easy to understand but the concepts and the how it developed became so advanced and so uh, at a at a very uh, elementary level I got to learn the game uh, the the nuts and bolts of of, of the basketball game and then uh, you know it, it just continued to develop and you know, I, I've been really fortunate, you know, shoot, the last three years I worked for a guy that coached in the NBA, was a head coach at, with two different NBA organizations. And so, you know, what I see on film is so different than what he sees. And uh, he's the type of guy that could watch, and I'm not kidding about this, he could watch four minutes of, of scout tape and know exactly what the team is trying to do and, and know exactly where they're trying to get their shots and uh, what type of actions we're going to have to guard and personnel. It's it's amazing how his mind works, but he just had been doing it for so long that and, and coached at the highest level and, um, you know, was just so, you know, dialed for that kind of stuff that it just was in his DNA. You know, it was second nature to him. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel like I've gotten to a great point where over the last 10 years, I've continuously learned, I've continuously developed my understanding of the game and uh, philosophy of it. Uh, but yeah, it all started with the simple, you know, you kind of just look at it different and, um, then you kind of pick up different concepts and you get better and better over, uh, each season and each year. But I'm, I'm similar to you. You mentioned something that when you watch a game, uh, it can be painful to watch it with you. Cause, and I'm the same way. Shoot. If it's any sport, uh, if I'm watching the Super Bowl. And, and I and, and I can rewind it and, and there's an ability to do that. I don't care if I'm at a Super Bowl party. I'm, I'm <laughs> yep. looking back on, OK, what happened on this coverage? And I just I find those nuances very, very uh, interesting. And I don't know why it is, but, you know, like, shoot, if I watch the NBA finals, you know, I'm running the back because uh, there's so many. It's it's like what fans see is checkers and, and what coaches see is chess. There's so many little nuances. It's not just the play or the guy coming off a screen or the big shot or, you know, it's matchups, it's personnel, it's substitutions, it's uh, time and score, it's ATOs versus uh, ATFs or uh, what are they doing um, at the start of the first or start of the second, you know, it's, there's so many different little nuances. And, and as a fan, you don't, you don't, you just don't notice those things or you, you just, you know, you're oblivious to it. You're more so caught up in shot making and, and, you know, their ability on the floor. And as a coach, and for whatever reason, for me, I always kind of, you know, I just had a knack for that kind of stuff where, and I would even say knack, I just kind of naturally gravitated towards that where I just always wondered why, you know, why does this happen? Why does that happen? And why was this guy matched up with this guy or why did they run this? And, it's kind of, again, it's developed into a career and a passion, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's definitely evolved over time. Yeah. And, and it's funny you said that because my dad, you know, was a high school coach when I was younger and that's kind of why I was always in the gym. You know, ever since I could remember, I've been in the gym and, uh, he actually just started coaching again this past year because he kind of took that time off when I was playing. He obviously wanted to be able to come watch me play. So then, you know, now that I'm not playing anymore and we don't have anybody in my family playing anymore, he got back into coaching. And uh, it's funny because when I was younger, one of the first plays that, you know, my dad taught me because he coached me when I was like in the fifth grade, fourth grade, when I was real young, and he taught me flex. And now to this day, it's, it's like a joke because we'll be watching a game together. And if we see a flex cut, we'll go flex cut. 
you know, because <laughs> we see it all the time, and and that's kind of like an inside joke between the two of us because it's like that was the first thing that you know I kind of learned, you know, as a basketball player was was flex and and to see it still you know being used like it is obviously not probably not as much as it used to be in terms of you know running it through and things like that but you see those cuts and and you kind of when you're watching games it's kind of funny when you see them and you got to make sure you you know you say it like oh there 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 it is you know and that just kind of reminds me of like like you touched on just like looking at the game in a different perspective like looking for oh looking for there's a flex cut or you know there's floppy or there's you know whatever and then kind of you know explaining that to an average fan who just likes when the players dunk and you know, and they throw cool passes and, and different things like that. But something I wanted to ask you about, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but you've been very, very, you know, lucky to coach and work with, like, a lot of really great coaches. Like, what were – and you were probably able to to pick different things, you know, from different coaches and from their minds and take away, you know, different things from Coach Smart, Coach Musselman, and Coach Grant, and, you know, all those guys. So what, what were some – what were your biggest takeaways? Like, those guys, like, for me, obviously I don't know them, you know, as well as you do, but when I think of those guys, I think of, like, leadership and, and work ethic and things like that. Obviously the X's and O's – you know, you're going to get that because they're great basketball minds. But I want to kind of hear about the different things they bring in terms of, like, leadership and, and work ethic. So, like, what were some different things you took from them? Well, it, again, every stop of the way kind of taught me something. Coach Smart, he was unbelievable at motivating his players. He had a, uh, a great uh, feel uh, for emotional intelligence. And, again, like I said before, he did a great job of, just kind of, kind of getting into his guys' minds and challenging their pride and um, just a unique way of doing it, you know. And on that staff, like I said before, Mike Rhodes was there, Will Wade, Mike Jones, and they were all very, very good at uh, getting into um, their guys and, and uh, really motivating them and getting them ready to go and, and getting them juiced up and um, having high energy. Uh, so, of course, like you said, I learned from them specifically from coach smart obviously as the head coach and then i moved on to trevor woodruff just his game uh development how he looked at the game how he taught the game the x's and o's like i said before he's one of the best coaches i've ever been around uh stylistically he uh you know it's a aesthetically pleasing type of of basketball he loves uh the pass he loves uh cutting and screening um and using the dribble as a weapon and uh, so I learned that from him. He was really, really good at just teaching the the core fundamentals of the game. Uh, then I go on to a guy, Chris Rogers at Marymount University. Uh, again, another successful coach, played at Penn State, had been at Marymount, which was a program. You know, every third or fourth year prior to him getting there, uh, had a successful year. And he really did a great job uh, building it up and, and you know, from the ground level, uh, from summer camps to uh, recruiting and, uh, you know, in just all the aspects of recruiting, uh, database, uh, mail outs, uh, emails um, to coaching and uh, how he developed his program, uh, the X's and O's piece of it, how we charted everything, different statistics and uh, so from from Chris, I learned just organizationally how dialed you have to be, uh, because just seeing him build up the program. And when I got there, 
the uh, the different things that he was doing and how he had already built it the prior five, six years to me getting there uh, to where it was and, and just his vision of the program. I just, from him, it was apparent that just his organizational skills were elite. Um, and I go to Muss and he is uh, obviously he's at Arkansas now and, and everyone, you know, watches his videos and um, that's him every day. Just everyday learner, everyday high energy. Uh, his leadership, uh, how he looked at the game. It was very, very pro oriented, how he treated his program, uh, the internal, uh, staff or, uh, even the administration, the athletic department was very, very, uh, NBA oriented, which, which I don't mean, uh, in a negative connotation. It's, you know, in a very positive way, uh, everyone was involved. Uh, he was involved in marketing. He was involved in, uh, ticket sales and he wanted to help promote other programs. He wanted to get more people at games. He wanted to involve himself with fans, you know, fan engagement, uh, whatever he could to, to help the athletic department. Um, he wasn't just isolated to his program. Uh, and, you know, and then, you know, just with his staff, how he allowed people to do certain things. Um, and he, again, he was every day, he was 365 days a year. He is one of those guys that does not turn his mind off. I think he's a little like you and me where, you know, you're always every day you want to learn and you want to get better and you want to grow. Uh, you find yourself probably looking at your phone and trying to read or, you know, uh, when you're watching a movie, your mind is running. You can't even focus on a movie or a TV show. It's just, that's him, but that's him every day. Um, and, uh, I, I just learned his, his, you know, just watching it and, and, and seeing him every day. I learned the, the fire and the, the drive that you have to be to be successful um, and his competitiveness. Like he is the uh, happiest guy in the world when we win. And he is the uh, saddest, uh, you know, upset guy when we lose and he takes it on the chin. He takes it as if it's his fault. Um, and just seeing his competitive drive, how he, uh, you know, every day brought it, it, you know, I absolutely, absolutely learned it. And, you know, and on his staff, uh, Dave Rice, Ron Dupree, Yanni Huffnagel, the first three guys uh, on his first staff. Yanni was an unbelievable recruiter. Dave was an unbelievable basketball mind and relationship guy. Uh, Ron Dupree had just finished playing not too long ago and, and was at LSU with Coach Moss and Coach Jones. Uh, very, very good on the floor, was able to communicate to the players uh, in a way that they understood, but also uh, had an NBA background where he played. Uh, in the NBA for uh, winning organizations and, and teams. Uh, he was with the Pistons and, and had that background, but then also had the college approach. So he was able to break it down. And, and so I, you know, I learned those different nuances from him. And then the following year, uh, we hired Coach Jones. We, have, we hired Gus Arginal. Um, and, and just being able to be around those guys, Coach Jones, I mean, you name it, he's the lead at it. Uh, recruiting player relationships, uh, relationships within the community, relationships with the administration, uh, just who he is as a person, as a man, character. Uh, you, you, you know, when you're around him, you kind of know what I'm talking about. And I'm sure there's people that come to mind when, when I say those things, uh, you know, just seeing that, uh, his basketball IQ, the people that he knows, the, uh, the things that, I mean, shoot, he coached the number one overall pick. I don't, I, I, I would guess that there's probably less people uh, there's probably 10 or less people in NCAA college basketball that have coached the number one overall pick. Um, and, 
you know, just to, to have a, a, that high level of a human being, high level thinker, a high level, uh, basketball coach, you know, you, you just, you name it, he's, he's done it, or you can learn that kind of aspect or, or, uh, you know, part of the program from him. Um, Gus Arginal, you know, he, I guess the best way to describe him is just a uh, caring, loving individual relationship guy, unbelievable, unbelievable basketball mind. But just, you know, like when I had asked uh, a friend of mine about Gus, he said, you know, he's the kind of guy that makes you realize why it's so important to treat people the right way. Um, and, you know, a mentor of mine, just unbelievable person. Um and, and just how he goes about it. You know, he's the kind of guy that calls you just to check on you, you know, make sure you're doing good. Um, and, and so being around him, he actually was on staff for two years. Uh, Coach Jones had left, and then we hired a guy named Brandon Dunson, who's uh, actually two weeks uh, younger than me. Um, and to learn, you know, his experiences, and uh, I joke with him, he went to five different schools in, um, in his college career, and, and, and he claims all of them. I'm not sure how that works, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and to see, you know, he's, he's unbelievably smart in his work ethic. He was kind of my guy on the road. We, you know, we'd play on the road and he and I would sit up till two or three in the morning talking hoops and, uh, sharing stories and, uh, you know, just, just to see how he was as a human being and, and how he, uh, you know, a lot of times you're always turned on, you know, you, you, you can't be yourself, uh, whether it's around the players or, uh, around the staff or, you know, just, and, and he was kind of my guy to really just, you know, just, I would call him more of a best friend than, or a friend in the business than, you know, than a colleague, a uh, guy that I could bounce ideas off of personal advice. Uh, so it was, you know, for, from everyone that I've, I've worked with, you know, my, my biggest thing is everyone that you come across, you can learn something from, and there's a purpose there. Um, it, even the guys that, even the people or the players that, that you don't like, or, uh, you might not take a liking to, there's always something that you can pick from those people and you can apply to yourself or, uh, apply to your uh, skill set or, or toolbox. And I just think if a lot of times it's just a mindset thing, you know, if you go into a relationship and think, man, this guy can't teach me anything, or this guy's an idiot, or he's a moron, I, I mean, you know, look at him. Well, then you're going to have that kind of, uh, you know, connotation and it's going to have that narrative in your relationship. And I think if you change your mindset and change your approach, well, what can this guy teach me or how can I be better to service this person? Um, how, you know, how can I be better to service this type of person? Um, you know, because that's not going to be the first type of person that you come across in your life that may be like that. Um, I'm not saying that's how the, the people that were on the staff were, but you know, I just think from everybody, you can pick and choose different qualities or characteristics or uh, different nuances that they have that um, you can use and, and, and add to your skill set or toolbox that will serve you for the rest of your life. Um, and again, too, I know that was a long winded answer, but, you know, I, I think specifically people always ask, you know, how is Muss? How is Muss? How is Muss? Or how is Coach Smart to be around? Or, um, you know, you know, Dave Rice had come from UNLV. How is Dave Rice? And or how was Johnny Jones? Cause he had just come from LSU and it's like, well guys, there's, you know, I could tell you about, we had six graduate assistants every year that I thought were unbelievable. Uh, we had a video coordinator every year that I thought was unbelievable. Um, I could tell you about our athletic director, our deputy athletic director. I could tell, I mean, there's so many people that 
I've learned from and, and grown from. Yeah, you know, Coach Musselman, you know, being an NBA coach and obviously now at Arkansas, you know, he's he's a hot topic. And, and Coach uh, Rice uh, being at UNLV and then, you know, being with us and now being at University of Washington or Coach Jones, like all that's great. But every single guy that was in our program, every single guy that was around us, uh, all of our players, they, they all you can learn something from everyone. A hundred, a hundred percent, and I'm happy you said that because I do think that a lot of people think that you know just the head coach or just the big names. You'd be surprised, you know, at the people. I mean, I could even talk from personal experience about people I've come across really that I was, you know, that I had really, you know, no intention of, you know, talking to for an extended period of time, and then you know I'm in I'm in line at a grocery store, and you know they they're talking to me or something. And actually, I'll give you an example right now. I was I was in line the other day, and you know with all this craziness going. Going on the the one person I guess she works there was a woman in front of you know this other woman and um, she said something about you know how busy they were because she worked at a hospital and the she was like complaining and complaining and complaining and the woman behind her you know looked at her and goes hey feast or famine right and like it was and it was kind of like it like took me back because I was kind of standing there and I was like wow I mean I like like. Obviously, in that situation, it was kind of like a joke, but then I kind of thought about it myself, and then you have people, you know, that, that want to be busy and want to be helping, and want, and then, you know, that all kind of comes together for them, and then they're like, oh my God, I'm just so busy, I don't know what to do, you know, I wish I had more time, and it's like, isn't this what you asked for, though? You know, isn't this, isn't this what you want? Like, would you rather be, you know, busy or would you rather, you know, not have a job? Or, you know, would you rather not have this or not have that? And, like, it was just funny because the woman kind of looked at her and you could tell she, like, didn't know what to say. And I was standing there and I just started laughing because I thought, isn't that the truth, you know, just in, in everyday life? I mean, you look at people right. that complain about, you know, different things and it's like, listen – you know, for example, I mean, in my situation, I'm, you know, I, I work with, I'm like an independent guy. I have my own business. I work with kids and, and my goal is, you know, to work with as many players as possible. So that would be like, if I had a ton of players that, you know, wanted to come and work with me and I was like, oh my God, you know, before we got on the podcast that we were talking about, you know, my summer days, I mean, I'm literally in the gym from nine to nine. I mean, I'm talking 9am, 9pm. And that would be like, if I really tried to build up my business and really try to do a good job of getting out to get putting content out there and communicating with kids, and then all of a sudden, you know, I got really busy and I was like, "Oh man, I'm just I'm too busy. I, I hate it. I don't like it." And it's like, well, is this what you asked for? You know, don't you want to no be question. busy and don't you want to be productive? And that's one thing that I will never ever say. My goal remains the same, and I'll be in the gym as long as I have to, as early as I have to, as late as I have to, because that's something that I believe in. But I just think nowadays sometimes people will will say they want something, and then they get it, and then they're overwhelmed by it. It's like, well, if you don't want it, you know, <laughs> then don't say anything. Like, I, I could think, again, I, I don't know what the exact quote is, but it's something about, like, don't say you're hungry, and then when your plate's too full, don't say it's too full. You know, like you got to pick. You you either want to be busy or you don't. You know, you, so I just thought that was funny, and because you brought up the idea of like learning from people, you know, in weird ways, and and that was kind of the first thing that I thought of when you said that. Yeah, and and to ju just kind of piggyback on your point, like, and I know this is kind of a fluid conversation, and we're kind of going down this path, but that's also part of the reason why I gravitated towards you is because just watching you do your stuff and 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 your developmental stuff. Like you're really cutting your teeth, you're, you're, you know, some would say call it the grind, you know, and, 
And I'm sure that this is going to lead to bigger and better things. And shoot, you, you didn't start your, your, and maybe you did, I don't know. Some people get lucky, but, uh, your first workout wasn't with an NBA all-star. No, no, I'm sure. No, You know, it was probably with a seventh grader at, uh, name your school, a, uh, <laughs> middle school, you know, and, and, and you had to really learn from the ground floor and get to the level that you're at. And, and I, and I think for you, there's going to be even more, uh, it, your, your success is, is going to continue to be on a very, very steady, uh, incline. And, um, I, I think you have, you know, obviously the, the intelligence and the work ethic, uh, and the, you know, just the drive to do what you do, but it's, it's also part when you get there, you know, and, and social media has now, given insight into the everyday day-to-day grind of, of certain people. So I don't think that anyone will take what you've done over the last few years. And as you continue to do it, you know, and if you're ever fortunate enough to work at the highest level, be an NBA player development coach or, you know, work for a, a college team. And, and I don't, I don't even know if that's in your, in your, uh, in your thinking, but people, I don't think will take what you've done for granted over the last few years, but, it's so funny. So many times I, I, or even for me, that's why I'm so descriptive about my career is because people will say, you know, they just kind of lose sight, you know, even with social media, um, they do kind of just lose sight of where you've been and and how hard it's been. And, 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 you know, uh, like you said, you, you work in the summertime from nine in the morning till nine at night, working people out, working kids out. And that's not, again, that's not working NBA players out. That's not working college players out. That's working out uh, you know, nine to 15 year olds all day in a gym with, uh, no AC, you know? And, um, and then when you, when you're doing the grind, it's, it's, you know, like you said, so many people, they get to that point. That's, you got to have a passion for it. If you don't love it. I mean, when, when adversity hits, uh, I mean, it's so easy, especially in today's age where people just, they just give up. They just, uh, adversity hits and it's on to the next thing or uh, what can I do that's easier or how do I find a quick ri- get rich scheme or, or uh, whatever it might be and uh, that's why again that's why I respect you because I just through your social media through your platforms I've been able to watch and and see okay this guy really loves what he does and obviously what you do has garnered enough interest that you have 20 kids in the gym every day and so what you're doing is is obviously working and uh Again, I, I, you know, so many people think that it's, it's an overnight success, but they don't see the 10 years of, uh, really grinding from the ground floor and putting the hours and putting the work in, um, and, and developing and sharpening your craft and getting better at the little nuances. Um, so many people just, they just forget to see that. And, uh, you know, again, um, you know, I've seen it in you. I see it in so many people. I, I follow people on Twitter just because I think what they do is they're passionate and they're smart and they love what they do. And I, I for whatever reason, I'm, I'm attracted to that. I think that, uh, you know, I just look at it from a, you know, a life standpoint, I want to get better every day. And I think the best way to do that is to learn from and to be around people that have that same mindset. And, uh, and 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 to, just to touch on that, that's you know that's how I feel, you know, and that's why I started this podcast. I mean, like I'll be honest, I started this, you know, 
as a selfish act. <laughs> I mean, I I wanted to to talk to coaches and to talk to you know people that could give me advice and that could you know kind of guide me in different directions. And and then I was like, you know what, you know why why would I call them, you know, or you know email them or text them or whatever. And, you know, kind of keep all that information to myself when, you know, like you mentioned nowadays with the social media and with the technology, I was like, I can, you know, I could start a podcast and then everyone could listen, you know, so then I could get the information, but then everyone else could get the information as well. And, And I think that's been big obviously for myself, but then for anybody else that listens, because I try to get, you know, a wide variety of guests that have different paths and different stories. And that's why, you know, going back to the very beginning, you know, how you really detailed your journey. I'm happy you did that because you could have just said, yeah, I coached division three and then, then division three again, and then, you know, high school. And now I'm, you know, division one. And, and like, that's like, Okay, well, like, all right, I guess that, you know, that that's that's good. But you went into the detail of all about it because I get messages like I'm sure you do all the time about, hey, how do I become like a like a trainer? Or how do oh, I no do this? Question. And, and yeah, do, no question. And, and I'm and I tell them, you know, because not, I, I preference it by saying, you know, I don't have the answers by any means. I mean, I, I'm learning you know, from other guys as I go. I mean, I don't, if I had the answer, then I'd be, you know, where I want to be. You know, I, I'd be there now. I wouldn't be, you know, taking the steps that I'm taking. But, and then I tell them, I'll say, well, in the beginning, you know, like you touched on, you're going to work with, you know, seventh graders and sixth graders and fifth graders that probably aren't very good. You know, you're gonna really going to learn them, teach them, you know, how to dribble and how to shoot layups and jump stops and, you know, pivots and, and really, really basic stuff. And, you know, like you said, I, it's funny that you said, you know, in a, in a middle school gym with no air conditioning and, and because that's exactly what it is. And then I said, you're probably going to do it either for free or for a very, very small amount of money. Like you're not going to make much money. So like, I, I mean, maybe if you're, you know, in my case, my parents were real supportive of that. And, you know, if I ever needed help, you know, they, you know, they would provide me some help. But I mean, you're not, if you're trying to get, you know, get in it and make a ton of money and, you know, work with the NBA all-stars, you know, that that's a long, long journey. And it's funny because a lot and it of, may never happen. Yep. Yep. You, so you're going to, you're working towards something that could never happen. So like, it's almost like that's how it is, you know, take that for what, you know, take that and run with it or take that. And it's funny because the majority of the time I either just don't get an answer or those people just kind of disappear. And it's like, Hey, you asked, you know, you asked yeah. what, you know, what it takes and what, you know, what I did. And again, I, you, you brought it up earlier. Everyone's path is different. You know, some people might fall into a situation where they, you know, have some high level guys in the gym right from the jump. And, you know, they're able to do that. But my opinion and my experience, I think working with very young kids early makes you a better coach and makes you a better trainer because you really have to uh, – di- no you got to dive deep, you know, into the uh, the pivot and the jab steps and, you know, the footwork because you could tell an NBA or a college guy, okay, go in and, you know, shoot that same hand, same foot layup. And they're going to go, all right. And they're just going to go do it because that's they're just naturally, you know, gifted and skilled and they've been taught – over the course of how many years when you get a seventh grader in the gym and you're trying to teach them okay you're going to reverse pivot or you're going to jab and then you're going to get to the rim and shoot this finish or that finish or this footwork they don't know what you're talking about so you have to be able to explain it and really really teach it so like when you tell people that though they don't want to hear that like you said they they want to know how do I get in the gym with the best players possible 
Well, this is what you got to do, and I'm still doing it. You know, I, I don't have, you know, LeBron in the gym and Kawhi in the gym and Duran. In the, like, I don't have those guys in the gym. I have, you know, pretty good high school players, a lot of younger kids. I work a lot of – I do a lot – I hold a lot of camps and clinics and stuff with younger kids. But, like, that's where I'm at to this day. You know, and I'm working to get to that point, but I've been doing this for years now, too, and I'm still not where I want to be. So you got to be willing – you know, to eat crap <laughs> for a couple years and really, really hone in on your craft and learn. And if you're not, then I don't really know what to tell you because, I mean, even if you get a jump start, you know, and you get college guys, NBA guys in the gym, like in reality, in my opinion at least, I don't think you're going to be that, you know, you're not gonna really going to learn and grow as a, as a coach or a trainer because you're not going to have to teach as much. Because I'm not naive to the fact if, if if Kevin Durant called me today and said, hey, you know, I'd love to get in the gym with you. You know, I'm not going to go teach Kevin Durant something he, Kevin Durant doesn't already know. You know, Kevin Durant knows basketball. He's one of the greatest to ever play. You know, so I'm not going to go and teach Kevin Durant, okay, okay, Kevin Durant, this is how you jab step. <laughs> you know, he, he's going to know how to do that. So, like, in my opinion, working with those younger kids and, and working with the kids that maybe aren't as skilled or aren't as good, that's really what separates, in my opinion. And, and like I said, I know you probably get tons of emails, too, about, you know, I want to become a Division One assistant coach. All right, well, this is what you got to do. Well, no, I just want to just become a Division One assistant right now. Well, that's not really that. Unfortunately, is not how it works. If that's how it worked, then then me and you would both be where we wanted to be right now, and the world would be perfect. You know what I mean? No, absolutely, absolutely. It's so funny. I'm sitting here as you're talking. I'm like, man, this is, you know, like so many of these podcasts, so many of these, um, you know, I've I've been asked, I've been fortunate enough to to be on three or four different podcasts, and as I continue to grow and get better, you know, people ask me to do certain things or speak or whatever. It, and it's not real. It's not raw. Um, you know, I listen to so many people and it's all coaches speak, but I think that I'm actually kind of excited that you were, as you were talking, I'm like, man, this is, this is real life stuff because it's like you said, so many people want to be a player development coach because they see it on Instagram and they see, uh, Drew Hanlon working with NBA players. Uh, they see Phil Handy working out LeBron James. They see, you know, they don't see the, the day-to-day grind. They don't see, the like I said, the middle school, uh, 25 kids in the gym, middle of the summer, it's 100 degrees, no AC, uh, really, really grinding. Um, and I, it's it's so funny. I get I get emails all the time. I get text messages all the time. And 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 for me, I find it a personal because uh, I've I've been helped by a lot of people. Like I've said before on this podcast, and I've just been really lucky. Everyone I've come across, uh, my journey. It's been a grind. It's 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 been a lot of hard work, sacrifice. Uh, I've invested a lot of time, but uh, I've had a lot of people that have uh, sacrificed or uh, helped me along the way. And so, anytime someone reaches out to me, I just feel like it's an obligation for for me to respond back or for me to just whatever I can provide, I'll provide. Um, and so, a lot of my time is is with with those uh, conversations is. Look, here's the deal. If you work hard and you have the right work ethic and you're intelligent, you have self-awareness, um, you have a curiosity to get better, you, you uh, have a certain level of emotional intelligence, you're going to be successful. I can't tell you uh, where that will end up. I can't tell you uh, that you'll be the, the head coach of the Lakers. Um, it doesn't work like that. You know, that 
hard work, work ethic, all of those traits I just I just talked about. Self-awareness, uh, intelligence, uh, both emotionally and IQ, you know, all of that is just the price of admission. That just gets you in the door. It gives you the opportunity, the opportunity, I didn't say it gives you the job, it gives you an opportunity to potentially get a job. And I think you have to have a certain level of, uh, of, uh, stuff to you to, to, you know, like for you, uh, you were talking about starting the podcast to network and, and, and ask questions. And, um, you know, I wouldn't call it selfish. I think it's smart. I think it's understanding where you're at and understanding, okay, I can provide a great value to people by providing this, uh, content, but also for myself, I can get a chance to network and interact with great coaches and, uh, talk to these guys that potentially, who knows, maybe, uh, you know, they can see that I'm passionate about this, but I would no, in no means call it selfish. I don't think there was any selfish intentions in that, in, in you starting this podcast. I think it was, uh, actually genius in a lot of ways. Um, and, and there's a ton of guys out there like you that I think are extremely intelligent that try to do things the right way. And, um, you know, it's, you know, you're, you're also a continuous learner. You're not just using this for, putting content out and, and putting your name on it, you're also taking in things, maybe not for me, because, you know, I don't think I'm the smartest guy out there, but uh, <laughs> from some of your other guests, you're, you're taking that stuff and, and applying it to yourself. And, you know, going back to my original point, I just, they don't, people don't see the grind. It's not sexy. It's not, uh, it's not the stuff they see on Instagram. It's not the high definition videos of working out pros. It's the, the, every day grind throughout the spring and summer and being tired, not getting sleep. Uh, you mentioned it, not making any money. That's the first thing I talk about when people say, how do you become a college coach or, you know, Hey, I'm coaching at this level, you know? And it's like, I'm just telling you right now, like your first five years, you may not make a penny, you know? And, uh, you gotta be okay with that. And I, and I don't know your means. I can't tell you that that's the right thing or the wrong thing to do. I, I, I'm not in that spot, but you have to, um, determine that on your own. Like, Hey, this is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm willing to sacrifice. Uh, you know, and, and, and this is what I'm willing to give up to, to achieve this. And again, that's for the opportunity to potentially have a chance to get a job, not to get a job, not to be the next head coach, not to be the next assistant coach. It just gets you in the door. And, um, I'll tell you two stories real quick. So I, and it's so funny. I was just on the phone with somebody yesterday, um, talking about my experience and I've coached at the division three level and now I've coached at, uh, uh, division one level. And, uh, I, I tell people if you want to coach this game and this is just kind of touching on what you talked about, uh, uh earlier, if you want to coach this game, Coach the Division Three level. Coach at the JUCO level. It should be a requirement that you do one year in high school or two years in high school. Uh, and we're the only country. Every European, uh, you know, overseas, South America, uh, Africa, they all have these training programs for coaches where they start and they cut their teeth as with the younger uh, players and they work their way up and they get certified. The reason I say that is because the <laughs> – one of the uh, the life changing and life altering moments in Division Three for me, but also uh, like it, it's now a funny story that I tell people is we were in the the playoffs, and uh, you know it, people that don't know Division Three, you bust day of the game, 
you watch the women get the women's game before you and then you bust back you know most of the time you don't stay over overnight unless it's a christmas tournament or depending on your conference uh you know for the schools i was at we were centrally located so we didn't have any nine ten hour bus rides but uh most of the time you you bus and then you bus back and you bus and you get subway and then you uh, on your way back you have pizza well we're in the playoffs and I'm getting a phone call from the pizza guy. We go into overtime and I'm sitting there. My phone is, is going off and I'm like, and, and, and I look at my phone at a media and I'm, and, and the guy says, if you don't come sign for these pizzas, I'm leaving them at the front door. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, but it just, it's just kind of one of those funny moments after you know, you've coached division three. It's like, you really find out if you love the game. Uh, <laughs> you really find out if you love the game after you've coached division. And that's just one of, I, I could tell you a story uh, every day this year uh, in division three. And, and I'm sure now I've, I've talked to people on the Juco level or high school level. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all the same stuff. It's just wrapped differently, you know? And the second story is, so there's all this financial, you know, everyone, everyone wants to get rich quick or, you know, how do I, you know, like we've talked in this podcast about is, you know, I, I want to work out the NBA guys or, I want to be coaching at Duke or, you know, whatever it might be. And, and all that stuff's great. I'm all for that. You know, like be driven, have, have high goals or high standards. Absolutely. But you got to be able to sacrifice. And I can't tell you how much I've, I've, you know, how many uh, moments I've had to sacrifice. And I'm fortunate that my fiance's uh, she's been here through this whole thing, uh, basically 10 years of, of, you know, me leaving her on weekends and, uh, going to see an event and, you know, everyone has to do all that stuff, missing family, uh, outings or, uh, get togethers, whatever it might be. That's again, price of admission. And I get that. And, and maybe I'm a little over the top with it at times. And, and I sacrifice a lot, uh, to, uh, to try to gain an edge in any, any way that I can. But the one thing I'll tell you is the financial aspect is, and this goes out to any coach that listens to this or, um, anybody that I ever talk to is, the first five years of your job, you may not make a single penny. And that's, um, it's just the unfortunate part of our business. It's very, very top heavy and it filters down through. And I think that's in every aspect of coaching or development, any, any aspect of this game. When I took the job at Nevada and it was completely volunteer, I had, I had been fortunate enough that I had saved money, um, through working full time that I had, a, a pretty good nest egg that I could survive on. I did the math and it was going to be close, but I was going to be able to do it. I had worked for two months, essentially lived in the office. I had to leave my fiance behind in, in Virginia. She was working full time in Richmond, Virginia, had to leave her be behind, moved to Reno, was basically living in the office, did everything I could to impress upon the coaches that this is what I was going to do. I was working my first two, three months there, no lie, I was working 18 to 20 hours. And um, and it was a busy summer, to be honest. we That's the summer that we landed Cody and Caleb Martin, Kendall Stevens, Hallis Cook. Uh, we just had four players sitting out as well. They knew that the team that they, they had returning was going to be pretty good and have a chance. Um, so after a couple months, Coach calls me in the office and says, hey, you've been doing an unbelievable job. You know, I'm going to try to get you some money. I can't promise you what it's going to be, but, you know, here, you know, this is what I can get you. And it was like 500 bucks a month. But mm -hmm. to me, it's like, I mean, as you know, when you first start making money, it's like, that's shoot. I mean, I thought I was, I just hit the lottery, you know, <laughs> yep. 
you know, and then after a couple more months, coach pulls me in the office and says, Hey, B, I, I, you know, we love you here. You know, we're going to give you a thousand bucks a month. And it got all the way up to $1,500 a month. Well, at the end of the year, I had literally, I had hit zero. I had no money left. I, I swear to God, it was like a, I didn't know what I was going to do. It was, there was a week where final four was happening. Um, I'm like, man, I better get a job. Cause I, I might've screwed this whole thing up. Like I, I don't have any, any, there's no plan B. I had invested all in plan A yep. and I didn't have a plan B. Well, coincidentally, coach calls me in the office and says, Hey, we're going to have some staff changes and, uh, I'm going to move you up to our director of basketball operations. It's a, it's a full-time job, uh, full pay. And, Oh man, I cried like a baby. I cried like a <laughs> yeah. baby. And, uh, so I tell people like you just, if, and maybe you don't have the means, maybe you don't have the, the financial means and, and, it, it, and I can't tell you that I'm not, I'm not in the place and, and I respect everyone for who they are and their dreams and aspirations. But I just knew that when he offered me that job a year and a half prior, I was taking that job regardless, regardless of how much money it was, regardless of the pain of, uh, you know, having to leave my family behind and the sacrifices that I was going to have to make, I was going to make it work, you know, and, and I'm not in any place to tell you that's right, wrong, or, uh, that this is what you should do with your life. But if there's any coach out there listening that, uh, can, can take anything from that, it's, you just, you, that's the price of admission and it's the price of, uh, you know, having an opportunity, a chance to hopefully make it in the business. And, um, you know, right now I'm a division one head or division one assistant coach, but it's been a 10 year grind, man. And that's why I talk about my story and the detail I do. Cause it, the narrative is it wasn't easy. Shit. I was doing, uh, four or five things at, at the same time. And, and I was working 20 hour days for four or five years before I was even able to get onto a division one staff. And it didn't end there. I had to make my name and, and, and build a reputation on that staff to have the opportunity to get in a, a, a full-time paid position on that staff. And so if, if there's anything that comes from this podcast or this conversation, it's that you, you got to start from the ground up and that's the price of admission. That's, you know, it, that's what it takes. And, uh, I believe that you're that way and, and you've had to grind. And again, you're going to have a steady incline in your career, uh, I think what you do is, is high level stuff. Again, before you even had a podcast, I, you know, we linked up and I started watching your videos and I'm like, Hey, I'd love to pick your brain about some, uh, some player development stuff at some point. And we kind of hit it off like that. Um, yeah. so yeah. And, 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 kind of the deal, man. yeah, no. And, and, and thinking about that, like what, one of my things, cause you kind of hit on like the idea of the player development. I was talking to someone the other day and they kind of said player development is almost like the new AAU. Like everyone wants to get in, you know, like kind of years ago, everyone had an AAU program. You know, now I think everyone wants to, you know, be a player development guy, which I think, hey, that's great. You know, I'm whatever. I mean, I, I'll never, you know, dis, you know, say, oh, don't do that or don't do this. You know, hey, if you want to do it, do it. But, you, you know, you got to be ready for what's to come. And I think the reason a lot of people want to get into it is because of what they see. You mentioned, you know, the videos, the Instagram and the things like that. And I'll be honest, I'm not good at that. I mean, I know we connected about videos and stuff like that, and I don't have any video. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll be a hundred percent honest and, and that's not to hate on the people that do, you know, have the video and, and have that content. Cause I think that's great. But to me, I just, I don't, number one, I'm not in a position right now to, to hire a, a videographer or, you know, someone to come and tape. 
Um, and I'm not a guy that could take out my phone and, and video the workout. I mean, I, I guys do it, and I, again, no hate on them. That's great. I think it probably helps them out a lot, but I'm not that guy. You know, when I'm in the gym, I, I'm worried about the player and, and, you know, what's going on with what they're doing. I'm not really thinking about, you know, social media at that time. So, like, that's kind of something that moving forward I like to get better at because I know nowadays kind of video is king. You know, people want to see video. You know, I could send you a hundred PDFs of different workouts and things like that, but they want they want video and they want, you know, content. So that's something I definitely have to work on. But like you touched on too, the idea of making money. Like I by no means, you know, am, am, am rich and living large. And <laughs> I mean, I'm there's to this day, there's things that I do for free and there's, you know, you know, camps that I go and that I do and I actually lose money when it's all said and done between, you know, the travel and the gas and then I buy the kids shirts and I buy them, you know, pizza. And so like it all kind of shakes out to where I could hold, a, you know, a three day camp and I could lose, you know, $50 or $100. So like, but again, that's just me thinking long term. You know, I, I know what I want to accomplish and, I, and I'm willing to to do whatever I have to do to get there. And I know there's no quick fix and there's no easy fix. Um and I think that's just one of the things that, to, I mean, it's just in general, basketball, but just in general, you know, I think people struggle with. And that's why, again, I'm happy that, you know, you could come on and second that because obviously where you're at now is probably not where you want to, you know, be. You probably have higher aspirations for yourself and your career, but you've taken the steps and you've taken, you know, the strides and, and the opportunities, you know, like I do. I mean, any opportunity, I always say any basketball opportunity is a good basketball opportunity. You know, I don't care what you want me to do. If you want me to come and, you know, help you run a clinic or you want me to host a clinic or you want me to do this or that or I'll do it. You know, whatever, just say the word and I'll do it. And and I was lucky enough, you know, I walked on at Division One uh, program, Robert Morris University, and, and I learned a ton from Coach Tool, you know, when I was there. And, and that's basically what he said because when I went and obviously I was going to be a walk-on and he kind of asked me, you know, what's your goal? And I kind of laid out to him what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to coach and, and particular, you know, stay on the player development side of things. And he basically just said, just take everything in, you know, take everything in that we do in practice and film in the weight room. Like, just take everything that, that we do and, and try to, you know, bank it in your mind and write it down and all that stuff. And, and that's basically what I did. And I, I, I can't thank him enough for that. But, again, that's going back to, again, circling back around to that relationship factor and, and that, you know, really willing to learn and willing to understand rather than, you know, thinking you know it all and trying to make a quick buck because ultimately those guys weed out. You know, you, you brought it up, and I'll reiterate it, the passion I mean, you can't fake passion. You you could go on YouTube and YouTube all the basketball drills you want and try to copy this guy or copy that guy, but ultimately, if you don't have passion, you you'll be exposed. I, at least in my opinion, in basketball, I think because you're not gonna get that, you know, that quick jump right off the bat. You're not gonna be an NBA coach or a Division One head coach or even a Division One assistant coach, you know, you're, 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 or an NBA player development coach. Like, it just doesn't happen like that. And, and I think that if you have passion and you're willing to work, then, then, that, then that ultimately could be your end goal. But it's going to take years. You said it's taken you 10 years, you know, to get where you're at. 
And if you tell it, you know, someone, you know, my, even someone my age or maybe a couple years younger than me that, yeah, you know, you can do it, you know, because, you know, I, I like what you do and I like what, you know, how, what you know and, you know, how you see things. And, and then you just tell them, yeah, but you're still going to have to work, you know, for 10 years and for the first five, <laughs> not make any money. They're going to be like, wow, well, I don't really, I mean, that's kind of a long time. And if that's your first response and that's your first answer, then it's probably not for you. A guy like me, a guy like you, you tell us that, you say, all right, cool, where do I start? You know, and I think that's, again, that's the ultimate separator, and, and that's what I'm forever, forever grateful for. And I love it. Like the day-to-day stuff like you were talking about, oh, man. If, if I have a fifth grader in the gym and, you know, they, they learn how to jab step and go to the rim and make a layup, oh, I'm, I'm hype. I mean, I, I'm clapping and I'm excited and I'm jumping up and down because I love that. You know, seeing that progress is great. And most people aren't like that. You know, they don't enjoy that. I mean, I'll go watch. I mean, I know you're the same way. I'm a basketball junkie. I mean, if you tell me, you know, that's why I'm pulling my hair out right now. I'm watching reruns. and I mean, I'm I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, literally, I'm any game. I'm YouTube and games. I mean, I watch any games. But obviously, before all this happened, I mean, there could be a fifth grade, you know, girls tournament going on, you know, down the road for me. And if I don't have workouts or I don't have anything going on, I'll go and I'll watch. I mean, I have zero. Yep. I have zero interest. I don't, you know. Obviously, in my case, I, I I usually like to go watch players I work with. But I mean, if their season's over, or if they don't play, if there's a game to go watch, <laughs> I'll go watch it. I mean, I, I don't. I don't care. You know. And I think that's another thing, though. That's just being passionate about the game. You know, I I'm not only going to go to the to the high school game of the week or the college game of the week or you know whatever. I'll go watch a middle school tournament. You know, because I could learn. I could watch young kids play and go, okay, I could see where these young kids, you know, they need to learn how to, you know, jump stop or they need to learn how to how to pivot better or pass better or, you know, whatever it is. And then, again, that comes back and makes me a better coach. And that's that continuous learning that you touched on. So, I'm again, I'm happy you touched on that. And I definitely think people, you know, any young coach or anybody that wants to get into coaching or, or player development, that should be your number one takeaway from this conversation is, you know, be willing – to a not make much money and do whatever you have to do to kind of get where you want to get. Yep, and it's so funny you said the uh, the point about like you just you'll go to a women's you know tournament down the road or you'll go you know just continuously learning and trying to develop your craft. It's it's so funny because obviously right now this is a uh, a very difficult time for a lot of people because we don't have March Madness because we don't have uh, you know, that game plan, that, that set structure that, that we're so used to where right now there's supposed to be games on, you know, the NBA is on the NCAA tournament is on. This is a, a great time of the year for not even just coaches, but also the avid fan. And, you know, so people, you know, so, so many people are lost right now. And, um, you know, I've had people reach out to me and just literally call me and I'm not saying this, uh, for my ego or for, you know, adulation or anything like that. I'm, it's just, it's just who I am and people, you know, that I've worked with or people that, that know me, they're like, Hey man, just checking on you. And I'm like, checking on me. I'm, I'm, I'm good. What do you, what, you know, I'm, I'm being safe. And they're like, no, no, no. I, we, your brain doesn't shut off. So, you know, like just making sure you're, you know, you're good. And I'm like, yeah, man, I've, I've already started seven projects that, you know, I, I have going right now. And, I'm trying to do my postseason stuff and, and just, you know, it, you start losing your mind, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, like just hearing you talk, it's, it, 
you just, your, your mind doesn't shut off and you're like you said, a, a, a basketball hoops junkie. And, um, it's, it's just so funny. I've literally had three or four people call me and just say, you know, are you, are, are you good? And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm good. I'm, and you know, I'm doing what, you know, everyone's told to do and staying inside. And they're like, no, 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 no. Are you, are you good? Cause I, you know, what, who, who are you watching right now? How are you getting better? And it's like, oh man, yep. you have and, no idea. And, and, and that to me is funny because like, I'll watch a game and I know the outcome of the game. Like they're like, they're, yeah. re, they're rerunning these games. And I'm like the other day they had the Yukon and uh, Mississippi state women on when Morgan William hit that shot. And it was funny mm-hmm. cause I'm watching it and I'm going, I hate that I know what happens because I literally, I mean, especially that game in particular, that game is like driven into my mind. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, you could watch film, you know, get, you know, just kind of get better at your craft. And and that's great. And that's what I I do that all the time anyway. But I'm usually preparing for workouts. You know, I have my notebook out and I'll have, you know, a player and I'll be watching their game film and, you know, okay, writing down what we need to do more of or kind of notes I want to talk to them about. And then, but now... I'm watching these these game films, and it's like, yeah, you know, this is helping me, but I want to be preparing for the workouts. You know, I'm not preparing for any workouts right now because I don't have any that are scheduled. So it's like right. I'm, I'm just I'm going crazy, and, and that's why kind of doing this, you know, podcast is kind of keeping me a little bit sane because I figured, you know, there was a point in time where I got I – got, I was getting pretty busy, you know, thankfully – and the podcast kind of got a little pushed to the side, and I wasn't uploading and recording as much as I wanted to. And now it's kind of like, well, you know, now, you know, look at it from an optimistic point of view. You know, now I could kind of dial in on this and, and try to learn as much as I can, you know, from you and from other guests. Because it's funny, you said that, you know, you think that I learn more from other people. If you saw my notebook I have next to me right now, <laughs> I have a ton of notes that that, that you kind of that you you were telling me. And no, you know, I appreciate that. And, and, and that's just something that again, I just want to learn, and and that's why circling back and gonna wrap this up here because I don't want to take up too much of your time, but just kind of grateful that that you you know were willing to take the time to hop on here and talk to me because I know this is a different you know, type of conversation. Like you said, there's a lot of great podcasts out there. If you want to, you know, learn X's and O's and learn plays and, and strategies and concepts, that's great. But I kind of wanted to make it, you know, raw because the first question people ask me when I ask them if they want to come on, they'll be like, yeah, like, you know, can you send me the questions that, that, you know, you're going to ask, or can you send me, you know, whatever, whatever. And I don't have any questions. Like, I mean, I that I said it on my last episode, and I'll say it again. Like, this is completely, you know, fluid and organic, and, and I just want to talk. You know, the, the, I, I want right. the conversations to be like if I was – if me and you were at, an, you know, an AAU tournament or, you know, if we were sitting yep. in the gym somewhere and we were just talking. That's how I want it to be because if you want to know how to run sets or different concepts, I'll tell you a podcast right now, B-Ball Immersion. You know, by Chris yep. Oliver. <laughs> there, Chris you, Oliver. Yep, yeah. there, there you go. If you want that, go to that. I love it. I listen to it. It's great. But I, I want to keep it kind of raw and just kind of see, you know, what what we can get to and what we can talk about. And that's why my episodes are usually a little bit longer because anyone that you know knows basketball and loves basketball knows that you know we could talk for days. I know I can. I could tell you can. So like th- that's kind of my goal behind this. But kind of circling everything back up and and gonna wrap up here. I got one question for you. Um, the question I yeah. always like to end with, um, what, what's one non-negotiable thing that you have to do on a daily basis? 
You know, and and let's kind of get oh. away. Let's kind of get away from basketball. You know, because I know you know we all got the film and we got the you know the the scout and you know practice and all that. But what's kind of one personal thing that that you like to do on a day to day basis? Oh man, you're that's it's tough because I I'm a creature of habit, probably like most coaches. So yeah. I like to read every day. I'd probably say every morning I um I and I can't even tell you like I don't know if it's right wrong. Uh, I don't know how my brain works. I know I'm uh, ADHD. I know I have uh, OCDs, but I have about 75 tabs up on my computer. I have about 150 saved articles in uh, The Athletic. Uh, shoot, 15 to 20 videos on my YouTube ready to, on my watch later tab. Um, I'm always trying to trying to to learn and develop, and that's beyond basketball. A lot of that stuff that that I have saved or, or that I've, uh, kind of tabled to, you know, whatever, whatever time or, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the times my day is in the morning and at night I read. Um, but you know, sometimes it's leadership. Sometimes it's, uh, uh, finances. Sometimes it's, uh, personal development, uh, communication, uh, you know, I, I just started a new book called The Communication Clinic, and it's body language, pr- uh, presentation, first impressions. You know, it's uh, stuff like that. So I would say, you know, one thing that I do every day is definitely read, um, not necessarily from one specific source or outlet or uh, type of uh, media, you know, whether it be a book or a news article or, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, but that, that's probably the, the biggest thing. And then the, the, the second thing is, is I just try to make as many phone calls as I can every day. And, and those are not necessarily basketball oriented or, um, you know, sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's uh, like if I'm in my car, I'm always on the phone. Uh, and uh, the other thing I try to do is just uh, I send a lot of text messages, a lot of text messages. And so, um, again, I'm a creature of habit. I'm, I'm not any different than probably anybody listening to this uh, podcast, but, um, yeah, those are, those are probably the biggest things that I do. I try to make a, a pretty, uh, I, I just try to just make it a part of my daily approach is just make sure I'm reaching out to people, touching people. Uh, you know, if there's a person I hadn't, you know, talked to on the phone in a while, just calling them to just to check in and, and see how they're doing, if there's anything I can do to help. Uh, and, and again, not for any, a lot of times it's family, you know, a lot of times it's people outside of the business, uh, good friends from college or high school or, you know, people I just hadn't talked to in a, in a while. Um, you know, and then just to, to wrap up too, because I, I think this is important and I, I did want to say this as, as we were kind of talking about the, uh, you know, the time period that we're in now that I was on the phone yesterday with a, a, a guy that I consider a mentor and, and he said, man, this is a great opportunity for us coaches, because we always complain about time. Like, it's just the, the time is finite. It's uh, the vo- most valuable resource, mo- mo- more valuable than, than anything, um, you know, because everything is predicated by it. You know, shoot, right now our health is predicated by time. You know, we have to stay indoors uh, to, to uh, you know, hopefully curve the, uh, how uh, this virus is going and, uh, it's, it's all time-based. Everything is time-based. There's a, there's an ending, there's a start and there's an ending. And, um, so the, the one piece of advice one of my mentors gave me yesterday is take this time and really develop, you know, like really work on your craft. And I know you've mentioned a couple things you're doing and, um, you know, 
just the podcast keeping you busy. But, you know, he said, think about all the stuff that you wanted to do throughout the year. You just said to yourself, I don't have that time. And maybe it's not basketball oriented. Maybe it's something completely, you know, hey, I wanted to, this is a great time, financial literacy. I wanted to get better at understanding finances and, and maybe personal finances, budgeting and, and organizing my bills and uh, or, you know, my retirement, my 401k or 403b. Maybe it's uh, my relationships. You know, we always as coaches during the season, you know, I'm sure your 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 uh, season is a little different because you're really ramped up in the off season, you know, with player development workouts. But uh, as a coach during it, during the end season, you know, we're on the road days and months at the, you know, at a time. And, uh, you know, so being with your significant other or, or calling your, your parents or, uh, family members or brothers, sisters, whatever it might be being around your, your kids or children, um, you know, just spending time with them, um, developing and, and, you know, working on those relationships. And then obviously into the coaching aspect, like get better, you know, get better, talk to people, call people. Hey, it was interesting how you did this. Like we talked, you know, you mentioned before, I just, you ask questions, you know, not for any betterment of your, your career path or, uh, you know, just, Hey, uh, you know, I, I've watched your team. I, I really like this concept or I really like how you guys do this or, Hey, I watched this video, uh, this player development breakdown that championship productions did on you guys was great. I kind of wanted to touch base on this, you know, how do you guys do this? Or, you know, like, shoot, I, I can kind of give you some insight on some of the stuff that I'm doing. You know, we had the FIBA World Championships last year. And, I, you know, I've sat there and told myself, like, you know, I want to break down all the actions that, that you know, the other teams did. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, FIBA basketball, huge fan of the EuroLeague. And I, I just I think it's aesthetically a, a different game. I think they're so much more advanced uh, than our game uh, as far as conceptually and so I've that was one of my things is I'm going to break down every uh, team that played in the FIBA World Championships, the 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 last eight teams. I'm going to break down and, and just kind of go through their concepts and how they were trying to get the ball to where they wanted to get to offensively, defensively, how they were guarding uh, certain players. You know, obviously the U.S. team did not perform um, how they wanted to. And, and why was that? You know, I wanted to break that down. Um you know, I've, I've, I always, every offseason, I always try to take the top offensive and defensive team from every conference. So 32 uh, conferences, that's 64 teams, you know, and, and, you know, try to break down, okay, why are they successful? Is it player-based? Is it sets-based? Uh, you know, what are they doing? You know, are they, you know, everyone talks about Rick Bird and, and when he was uh, at Belmont, and, um, you know, his BOBs and, uh, you know, so why are they special? What is he doing? You know, what kind of sets? Uh, how is he getting shots? Um, just different things like that. Just, you know, just trying to get better. And, and maybe it never pays off. For me, my personal, you know, database and my collection of things, I, I would like to think that it, at some point uh, I, I think it would pay off. But uh, those are just, you know, kind of some of the pro I've, I've downloaded four or five different uh, NBA teams from the Celtics to the Raptors to the Jazz, uh, you know, Lakers. I, I have all their ATOs downloaded and I'm just kind of interested to see how they go about uh, getting certain shots and, and uh, where, you know, where certain guys score from and different actions, you know, because, again, what happens in the NBA filters down to our level and, and it takes 
you know, four or five years, but you know, it's, it's just, it's just kind of how things develop and, you know, that you have the brightest minds and, and, uh, the best of what they do at that level. I think it just takes time to, to kind of, uh, you know, just fall to our level, assimilate to our level. And, you know, so I've, I've, I've started that. Um, and then again, too, just calling, making, making phone calls. And so I say that, and I'll wrap it up is, is just get better, you know, use this time, you know, 30 days, whatever it might be that we're kind of quarantined and, and, uh, you know, social distancing, but that doesn't mean that this 30 days of you sitting on the TV and watching a TV show or, or, you know, binge, binge watching, uh, game of Thrones or whatever it might be. It's 30 days of, you know what, Hey, let's get better. Let's, let's work on our craft. Let's develop our craft. This is a great time for us to get better. You know, 90% of all new year's resolutions end on June, uh, January 15th, a hundred percent are done by February, a hundred percent. People could say, Oh, this, that, and the other, but I mean, to be really dedicated, you know, I'm going to work out every day. Well, did you really work out every day? Are you going to continue to work out every day? Like it's new year's resolutions are great, but, but 15 days in most people that gym membership that they bought or the books that they bought still sit on their shelf and collect us or, uh, they don't, you know, use their gym membership. Uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> they, uh, the, the one they bought for a hundred bucks, uh, a month, you know, they've gone three times, you know, and it's, it's like, well, you know, I, I know some of those things you can't do right now, but let's, let's, you know, let's get in shape. Let's spend more time with our family. Let's work on our craft. Let's, let's use this time to get better and focus and develop and, uh, and, and come out on the other side of this thing once all this subsides and, and, and really be individually better so that we can then serve the people around us. And, um, hopefully, you know, uh, when all this thing subsides that, uh, you know, the world's a better place. Uh-huh. And I'll wrap it up there. I know it's a, a long-winded thing, but I just, when we were talking about it, you were talking and just, it hit me. It's like my, one of my mentors said it to me yesterday and I just, I had to, I know it was a little bit of a rant and, uh, again, I'm no better. I mean, shoot, I, I sat there and watched TV yesterday for two or three hours just to, you know, uh, so my mind was not looking at a, or my brain was, eyes were not looking at a computer screen anymore, but, um, hopefully that, give some positive uh vibes and some knowledge and uh just a a nugget for the next 30 days for people to get through their days because i i know how it is man i'm slowly losing my mind yeah and 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 that's and that's just it like just to kind of hit on a real quick point you made like i understand that it it is kind of inconvenient you know it does kind of you know suck i guess we could say that you know we kind of have to do this but number one you have to do it because if you don't you know, we're just going to drag this out even longer. So you have to do it. Number two, I'll never say I'm bored. You know, I'm not bored by any means. I mean, we, yeah, would, would I like to be in the gym and, and you know, to be doing different? Yeah, 100%, absolutely. But I'm not bored, you know, because you just touched on multiple things that, you know, I'll, I'm going to be doing, you're going to be doing, and I'm sure a lot of other people out there are going to be doing, whether it's basketball related or not, you know, really, really hone in, you know, on your craft. And I was talking to someone the other day too, and they just said, like, if you've been thinking about, you know, doing something or starting something, maybe like a passion project or something, like, do it. Dude, do it. Yep. The, the, you got nothing but time on your hands right now. Exactly, I mean, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's so funny, man. Like, we, I see all these coaches talking about honey-do lists, and, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, but like, it's like we talk about fall in love with that stuff, man. Like you finally, like during the year, man, like your significant others, your families, like it's not just you making a sacrifice, it's they make a sacrifice. And so if your wife or 
whoever or, or, or you know they, they ask you to take the trash out or do the dishes or clean this or clean that it's like love doing it man because we didn't you know had this whole thing not happened we wouldn't be here you know we, we we wouldn't have this opportunity to you know and make those relationships better you know like it's like I, I saw a tweet the other day from from one of my Trevor Woodruff. He said, you know, I've I've seen more people walking with their families, make more couples walking together, more kids outside playing with their their dads, and it's like that's you know like let's let's do more of that. Let's let's you know let's get better. Let's do all like and fall in love with that stuff, especially as coaches, man. We're so single minded, man. We're like killing ourselves right now because of basketball's not on TV. But it's like yeah, it's it's also a good thing, man. Well, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and think about think about that too is like during the season you're probably like man i would kill right now to be home like i oh, <laughs> i would i would kill yeah, right man. now you know like and you're saying all that and now you got that and now you're complaining about it. it's like man what do you want <laughs> right right it's like yeah yeah it's a double-edged sword sometimes and it's but but um i, I just think people lose sight you know they again it's like what we talked about when you get you know the, the job or whatever it might be. It's like they're, they're strung out on, uh, the, the work they have to put in, but it's like, you know, you would love to be home and be with your family, but what does that entail? You know, now your son or your daughter is, you know, they, they think it's playtime all day. And, um, you're like, man, I just do, I just, there's only so many, uh, you know, times I can throw the football with my son or whatever it is. Yeah. But you know, and on the flip side of things too, like, Again, we wouldn't have this opportunity had it not been for for the situation that we're in. And as well, like those are times, man, that you never get back, you know, like going on a walk or uh, taking time to develop yourself, reading books. I mean, there's so many times that I'm just like, man, I'm just so tired. I've watched film for four hours. I just want to go to sleep, you know, and I, I don't get to, to, to read the, you know, two or three chapters in a book that I wanted to or, or you know, Shoot, watch old NBA games, you know, or college games. You know, you talked about the the women's game, um, UConn, Ole Miss. It's like, you know, I just got to watch Kevin Durant in in uh, college play Kansas in the Big Twelve championship. Yep. You know, and um, it's like, it's like, man, I hadn't, I I watched that game. I shoot, what, ten years ago? I mean, I can't even, I couldn't recall a single play, but watching it again, it's like. It just was so, I don't know. I, I found so much enjoyment out of it. And uh, you just, I'm like, man, this guy's talented. Like, it's amazing, obviously, where he's gotten to. And then you see how his game has developed. And uh, then the other players on the floor and their NBA careers, it's, you know, shoot, you know, take time and, and, and find enjoyment in stuff outside of just binge watching TV and eating poorly and, and sitting on your laptop, you know, like, Let's get better from this thing. Let's let's come out on the other side of this thing, whenever it is, and let's be better at our crafts. Let's be better at uh, what we want to do. Let's develop stronger relationships, you know. And I'm not a genius, man. I'm not the smartest guy, but I just hope that uh, that you know the other the, the coaches listening to this and, and other people in in, the, in this world know that you know. Shoot, at, at some point, everybody everybody ends up in the same place and. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to turn, uh, turn this into a, a sap story, but you know, it's, we all, we all, you know, have an end date and a, a start date, you know, and it's what you do in between. So let's get better and let's figure out ways to get better and, and do the things that are important, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing.
Yep, love that. That's a perfect way to end it. But before I let you go, can you tell people where to find you? I know you're a great follow on Twitter and, and, and everything like that. So anything you want to mention, please you know, go ahead and do that now. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Uh, on Twitter, it's Chambers Hoops, Instagram, Chambers Hoops. Uh, actually, it might be Chambers BM on it, Instagram. Uh, not as active on Instagram. It's you know Twitter. It's more so just posting uh, you know thoughts, quotes, tweets, Bible verses, uh, you know videos if if I find them interesting. Uh, so Chamber Soups on Twitter. My email address, if anyone wants to to reach out to me, is just brandon.chambers at tsu.edu. Uh, my personal email is chambersbn at gmail. Uh, more than welcome to hit me, uh, ask me questions, whatever. You know, I, like I said, I like to. Uh, follow up with every person that reaches out and uh, touch base and whatever I can do to help, you know, I'm more than, more than willing and uh, whatever I can do, you know, it's yeah, even a simple phone call. That's the least I can do. Awesome. Hey, coach, thank you very much for taking the time. I, I really, really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure we'll touch base. And uh, if there's obviously anything I can do to ever help you out, please let me know. Absolutely will. Thanks, coach. I'll talk to you. I'll see you, brother. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pew Podcast. If you guys want to know when new episodes come out, head over to the Apple Podcast app, subscribe to the podcast, and while you're there, leave us a review. That would help the podcast grow tremendously, and I'd really appreciate it. Lastly, make sure you guys are following me on all social media. So Twitter, I am at Anthony underscore Pew2. And Instagram, I'm at Anthony Pew2. And that's Pew, P-U-G-H. I appreciate your guys' support, and we'll catch you in the next one.